Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Jen. Give me a follow on Twitter at MikeFJen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Monday, December 14th, 2020. And yeah, the Big Ten ended their regular season this past weekend. Not only that, there was tons of off-the-field things to go over as well. But uh, let's get right into recapping the games. And this game, the battle of Illinois between the fighting Illini and Northwestern went as we all thought it would. Northwestern plays damn good defense. And once again, that showed uh, early on the Illini had an opportunity to score a touchdown. And, well, they didn't do that. They didn't even get a field goal on it. They, uh, they, they recovered a fumble inside the five, and then immediately a 15-yard penalty to push them back. And so they had under 20 yards to get a touchdown. They couldn't get that yardage, and on top of that, they missed the field goal, and that probably sums up the game. It really does. That first... Uh, First five minutes of the game really was exactly how it was going to go. Northwestern mustered enough offense, 28 points, to hold the Illini offense down. They just scored 10. It was a rain-soaked game. Not a lot of passing, uh, a lot of rushing. Uh, the uh, the Wildcats, both they had uh, two big-time performances out of their running backs. Uh, Evan Hull, uh, he went... Uh, 13 carries for 149 yards and a touchdown. And then on top of that, it was another running back who we haven't seen much of at all. And that was Cam Porter, the freshman. Uh, He had 24 carries for 142 yards. He scored two touchdowns. Evan Hull had the other touchdown. Uh, Ramsey threw one in the air. Like I said, he only attempted 12 passes all game and uh, this one was exactly how we thought it would go that it was going to be a defensive battle and the Illini weren't just going to muster enough offense to do anything against Northwestern that's exactly what happened but the biggest story coming off of this game was the fact that yesterday on Sunday Josh Whitnam, the athletic director, decided to let Lovey Smith go. And this is a this is a pretty big uh, movement here. Uh, this is something that I've been calling for for the past few years. Uh, I feel like Lovey Smith, during his tenure, missed the ball on a lot of things. Uh, specifically on the field, uh, never really got a team. Uh, last year, obviously, they made a bowl game, but, uh, you know, never really did enough for me to push the needle and get them to where they were going to go. So, uh, unfortunately for Lovey, he is unemployed. Um, and uh, I, I just feel like everything that I've kind of given – him a hard assessment about, uh, which includes winning on the field and recruiting, 
17 and 39 in this five-year tenure. Uh, you know, there's tons of talent in the state of Illinois. I'm talking about tons of it. D1 talent. I'm not talking about, you know, a couple guys, uh, you know, here and there that could potentially play for the fighting Illini. There are 20 to 30 young men in the state of Illinois every single year that are good enough to play in the Big Ten, good enough to play for their home state. And the majority of time, those young men don't end up signing with the Fighting Illini. I believe it was five years in a row uh, that Michigan had the highest rated player in the state of Illinois sign with them. Uh, I, I Technically, I, I, that run ended this year, but it didn't. Uh, J.J. McCarthy finished his final season in Florida at IMG, but he's an Illinois native. He's actually back in, in local training. I've seen a bunch of uh, Twitter videos of him uh, with some of his former teammates and, and uh, former friends here on the camp circuit, uh, specifically the boom football circuit, uh, which is a seven on seven team. Look there, there's tons of talent in the state of Illinois and Lovey Smith never went after it. And I think that that was a, a big discord between his program and what it could have been. The fighting Illini have a, a, a decent opportunity to find a good coach, one that understands that you don't really have to be a national type of recruiter. You can. You can go and pick and choose and go to certain states, you know, your Florida, your Texas, your Ohio. You can go to those states and you can recruit and you can recruit well, but your base as a as a coach in Illinois, your base should be Chicago. It should be Illinois, the state. I mean, look at what Northwestern's done. You know, their academic standards are significantly higher. And look, they had Rashawn Slater opt out of the year. And because Pat Fitzgerald's done a fairly solid job of recruiting, what happened? I believe it's Maine South. Peter Skoronsky steps up, and he's probably going to be a freshman All-American. Let's put it that way. As a left tackle, the most important spot in the offensive line, in my estimation. Impressive. But the Illini are moving on, and it is you know, unfortunate, but it was time. It really was. Lovey has run his course, and it was time to move on. On the Northwestern side of things, late last night, a rumor came out. Their athletic director, Jim Phillips, who about a year and a half ago, was very much considered for the Big Ten commissioner job, ultimately went to Kevin Warren, which not a lot of people are, are happy about still. Uh, a lot of people aren't happy with Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren hasn't spoken uh, in you know since he decided the Big Ten was coming back, so I can see why there's some consternation with that one. Well, uh, late last night, it looks like Phillips is going to move on. Uh, he's going to be formally offered by the ACC to become their commissioner. This is something that uh, not a lot of people saw coming. I, I personally didn't, but 
guess what? This is uh, this is huge news. Northwestern's losing a big-time athletic director, uh, one that's really pushed uh, their their athletics uh, specifically. You know, look at what Northwestern's done on the football field. Look at what their basketball program has achieved. Chris Collins, two years ago, got them to their first NCAA bid ever in school history. It's unfortunate for Northwestern if, if Phillips ultimately takes the offer and leaves. Uh, it is, uh, you know, it, it was, it's a dark, dark day or dark weekend, I guess, uh, for Illinois in general. Uh, for uh, you know their sports, Lovey's gone, and potentially Northwestern's athletic director Jim Phillips also gone as well. Uh, Wisconsin got beat up by Iowa, and this one I think we all saw coming. Um, Wisconsin has been solid, but not good enough. I'm very, very high still on Graham Mertz. I am, and I don't think people should look at this, you know, his last stretch of games, say, man, is Graham Mertz really the guy? Graham Mertz is the guy. But remember, he's a redshirt freshman. He's only started five total games. He's going to have hiccups. Wisconsin lost a ton, a ton of offensive firepower. You know, Eric Cruikshank, uh, he transferred out to uh, Rutgers. You lost Jonathan Taylor, Tyler Biotish. There was so much that that Wisconsin offense lost, and for them to just pick it up right away, you kind of expected them to. But when Jack Cohn got injured prior to the season starting, you kind of figured that they would be run heavy. Well, that's not Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a team that uh, I'm sorry that you know the run heavy, but they they opted to be pass heavy. I'm sorry. And that's not Wisconsin. Wisconsin's run first, use play action off of that, and then be able to throw. Well, Graham Burtz gave him the idea that they could probably just chuck the ball around. Well, that's just not Wisconsin's identity. And obviously, it didn't work very well for them. Uh, Iowa just did what Iowa's done. They've been steady. They've been solid. One of the few teams inside the Big Ten that actually played all eight of their games. I think actually they're the only team that played all eight of their games. We'll play their ninth game. I'll get to that in just a moment. But uh, Tyler Goodson, absolutely awesome. 11 carries, 106 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Amir Smith-Marset, seven receptions for 140 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Spencer Petras pretty much looked at him the whole game. Uh, half of his completions went to Smith-Marset, and more than half of his yardage, uh, the 211 that he threw, went to Smith-Marset, and his, the two touchdowns, Smith-Marset. That was the guy. And you kind of saw this one coming at, at pregame because, again, Wisconsin was missing a ton of their offensive players, including wide receivers Danny Davis, Kendrick Pryor, running backs Jalen Berger, and Isaac Gorendo. Uh, they also missed a uh, cornerback, Savar Melvin. Yeah, yeah, this one uh, didn't set up very well for the Badgers, not at all. Uh, and, uh, you know, Iowa's going to, you know, if the full season happened, 
eight and four. <laughs> I've said this multiple times, and I'll continue saying it. Kirk Ferentz, you just write them in for eight and four pretty much every year. Sometimes they might go ten and two. Most of the time, we're looking at eight and four. And uh, six and two screams eight and four to me. Really does. Really does. Uh, Minnesota, what a battle for PJ Fleck and his Golden Gophers against Nebraska. They came out on top 24 to 17. And here's the kicker they were missing 33 players. 33 players. I saw that in pregame, and I was like, man, the Golden Gophers don't have a shot. Well, guess what? They continued to give the ball to Mo Ibrahim. And Ibrahim just was awesome again. Uh, neither quarterback really did too much, but Minnesota didn't need to do that. Mo Ibrahim, 20 carries, 108 yards, two touchdowns. He finished the season with almost 1,000 yards in six games, 925 and 15 touchdowns. 15. He averaged over two a game. Just a huge season for him. He, if he's not Big Ten running back of the year, uh, I don't know what they're looking at. He almost had 1,000 yards in six games. Six games. Minnesota finishes the year 3-3, three and three, which uh, should be looked at as a, a good season for them. Uh, you know, the regular season at least. Uh, obviously one more game next week, and I'll get to championship week, what the matchups are in a, in a moment. But... You know, P.J. Flex should be proud of his team. The uh, the adversity they overcame, they pretty much every week had players missing due to COVID issues. Every week. And yet they still somehow managed to get three wins out of their six games and finish, you know, that's a 500 team. That that's that should be viewed as an accomplishment. Uh, Michigan State, I think, has found their quarterback. Uh, like I said this last week, when Peyton Thorne came in for Rocky Lombardi and looked 10 times better, this is his team now. And Mel Tucker must be listening to the podcast because Peyton Thorne made his first collegiate start this past weekend and was damn good. 22 of 39 for 325 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw a pick. But again, freshman starting in his first game, I'll take it. That's what you want. Uh, it, it wasn't enough, though. Uh, you know, Sean Clifford really did a, a good job uh, with the offense. Uh, John Dotson returned a punt, 81 yards for a touchdown. Uh, Clifford was just solid. He's looked much better in the last couple year, uh, weeks. I'm sorry, years. Uh, seems like he's been there forever. Seems like all Penn State quarterbacks are there forever. Uh, he's done a good job the last couple weeks of just kind of settling down and playing like he did last year. You know, as a sophomore last year, he really played, you know, very well. And, um, you know, I wouldn't say, uh, you know, people forgot Trace McSorley, but he was, you know, doing things Trace McSorley like. And this year was a different story. You know, Will Levis got a couple starts in the middle of the season, and Penn State struggled. Uh, you know, they, they ended the season on a three-game winning streak. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, that's a it's a solid run for Penn State, and a little bit of momentum going into championship week. Thirty-nine twenty-four was the final in that one. 
Rutgers. Oof, another team that looked at the adversity that they had going into the game and said, I don't care. We're just going to do our thing. And that's exactly what happened. They were missing starter, their quarterback, Tulia Tagovailoa, out with COVID-19 issues. So we'll see if he uh, he is back for championship week this coming week. And linebacker Chance Campbell. Maryland started quarterback Lance Legendry. It was not good. Legendry passed for 70 yards, had two picks. In comes sophomore Eric Najarian. Leads, I wouldn't say a comeback, but leads the team to three scores in the second half. Ultimately, uh, you know, the defense let them down, uh, let Maryland score 14 to tie it up. Goes to overtime, field goal to win it. So, yeah, Rutgers, uh, they they came to play. And again, this is a culture thing. Greg Schiano has enabled their culture to really do some good things. And so, honestly, uh, I, I, I'm very surprised uh, with, with this outcome because I thought that, uh, you know, Maryland would be able to do it. But, yeah, that's not it. Not it. I think uh, that was mainly because Tulia Tagovailoa, uh, I thought he was going to make a big impact. But when he couldn't play, you know, that, uh, that changed everything. All right, so championship week. It is, the, the matchups are set. Uh, Friday night, there's going to be two games, actually one early afternoon. Uh, early afternoon is Nebraska taking on Rutgers. Uh, the night game will be the Old Oaken Bucket. Uh, they managed to get this one in after it was canceled this past weekend. Purdue and Indiana at 7.30. The championship game at uh, noon, the Buckeyes taking on Northwestern. This was the only matchup that we knew for certain was going to happen. And it's going to happen. It, it really is. The Big Ten bended the rules, uh, got Ohio State in with just five games. And uh, facing a very solid six and one Northwestern squad. Uh, Minnesota will take on Wisconsin. Uh, that's a, another solid game there. Uh, another makeup as well. Uh, Illinois is going to take on Penn State. Um, who knows uh, what to expect out of the Illini in this one? But uh, you know, we'll see how they battle. We'll see uh, what their program is. Uh, you know what what they look like. Michigan's taking on Iowa. Mm. A lot of Michigan fans were not happy about this one. Uh, they thought they were going to get one of the, you know, also rans, uh, a Maryland, a Rutgers type deal. Nope. Uh, they're taking on the, the second best team in the Big Ten West. And I don't know if they're, you know, the, a lot of people were saying that, you know, Michigan was getting punished. I wouldn't say they were getting punished to be honest with you. I just think this is how the cards roll. So that one, uh, evening game, 7 o'clock. And then the final game on the championship week slate, Michigan State taking on Maryland. That's a 7.30. So I, I, lo- I like the matchups. I like it. No, none of them too intriguing, aside from Ohio State and Northwestern. But uh, you know, should be a should be good weekend, good final weekend 
for the Big Ten on the football field. Speaking of Michigan, uh, when they canceled their game against Ohio State, there were rumors that up to 40 players would not be able to play. Well, uh, they came out with their COVID-19 testing numbers uh, over the weekend, and it seems like Kirk Herbstreit was right. It looks like they were ducking Ohio State because only nine athletes and four staff members tested positive out of a total of 2,798 tests. Yeah, this is, uh, I, I think Michigan looked at what Ohio State is, and they said, you know what? According to the rules, if we duck out of this one, we can get the Buckeyes out of the Big Ten Championship game, potentially out of the college football playoff, and avoid a loss. It's like a win-win-win for them. Yeah, I, I, I don't like this, because when you look around the the, uh, the Big Ten, other teams, specifically Minnesota, you can throw Ohio State in there as well, played with multiple players down. Multiple. And they went out and played. But Michigan didn't want to. They didn't want to. And this is unfortunate. And uh, you know, this is something that uh, you know kind of goes back to you know, the rivalry with Ohio State, and Michigan thought that they could kind of stick it to the Buckeyes. Well, uh, not the case. The Big Ten overturned that, and on top of it, uh, you know, it looks like the Big Ten uh, should have Ohio State, as long as they win against Northwestern this coming weekend, uh, they should be in the college football playoff. And I know there's a lot of people, uh, specifically Dabo Sweeney, uh, you know, saying, I, I don't, you know, the, the Big Ten shouldn't be in, uh, you know, six games played is nothing to, you know, compared to 10, 11 games that other teams are playing, singled out, uh, you know, Florida and Texas A&M. Well, Florida lost this past weekend. Texas A&M did not play. I'm not sure he's got much of an argument here. Uh, I think that when you look at, uh, you know, the look test, I think the Buckeyes are one of the best four teams in the country. And I think that, uh, you know, that's what the college football playoff committee is going after this year, is the look test. And a 6-0 and conference champion, Buckeyes, probably gets in. Probably. I'm not sure if, you know, they, they won't get a high seed. I think the committee will give the higher seeds to the teams that played more games. But I do think they get in. I do think they get in. Some other news from Indiana, um, you know, they unfortunately are losing their defensive coordinator, Kane Womack, to South Alabama. Womack, at one point in time, in uh, 2016 and 2017, was the linebackers and then the defensive coordinators coach there at South Alabama, and Womack was the uh, the guy that really made the Indiana defense into a top-notch one, and uh, this is a, a big loss for Tom Allen. I think Womack was a very good coach, knew what to do and how to confuse offenses. And it's unfortunate because, uh, you know, this is what happens when you have a good program. This is exactly what happens. And uh, it's unfortunate for Indiana that Womack will be moving on or moving back to South Alabama. A couple commits uh, this Weekend, and Ohio State got a huge one from Washington wide receiver Emeka Igboka. Uh, Igboka, uh, 
pounds. All you have to hear is his first three offers. And you know this guy is a big-time player. Alabama, Clemson, LSU. That's it. He had offers from everybody. He was viewed as the number one wide receiver in the country. And the rich get richer once again. So big-time commit for Ohio State. Uh, and then another commit inside the Big Ten was Iowa. They get a commitment from in-state athlete Carson Sherrard. Uh, Sherrard, 6'3", 205 pounds. That was his only Power 5 offer. Not completely enamored by the Sherrard commit, but, uh, you know, Iowa does a good job of, uh, you know, developing their players. And so if they like what Sherrard's uh, offering to them, then uh, it's all good. Uh, just a quick reminder, uh, the initial signing day is on Wednesday. Uh, we'll, uh, I'm not going to update the rankings today. I'll do it tomorrow because we had a lot to go over today. Uh, give you a little bit of primer as to what to expect on Wednesday as well. So we'll get a little bit more into the uh, the recruiting scene on uh, tomorrow's show. Over to basketball. Uh, the <clears throat> Friday night slate saw exactly how it should be. Uh, Iowa romped Iowa State 105-77. to Luca Garza, 34 points. Just continues to do college player of the year things. Uh, Creighton defeated Nebraska. Uh, Creighton's uh, top 10 team, their eighth overall, 98-74. On Saturday, the Illini dropped another game. This one hurts because I think they're better in Missouri. Uh, Missouri was at home, uh, 81-78. And, uh, you know, this one was a game where, you know, Aodosumu was the dude. 36 points. On 13 and 20 shooting, uh, and Kofi Coburn was pretty good as well, 19 points and six boards. But uh, you know, the the rest of the starters scored two, three, and four points, and uh, you need some help. Uh, this is what I thought. You know, coming out of the Baylor loss, I thought that you know the Illini would be able to realize that it, you know what, it's not just you know Kofi and Ao, but uh, they struggled, and they can't have struggles like this when you expect to win a Big Ten and or national championship. They're going to have to grow from this one. This is a tough loss. It's a rivalry game. You knew that Missouri was going to bring everything, and uh, unfortunate loss for the fighting Illini. Uh, Purdue beat Indiana State 80-68. to uh, No surprise there. Trevion Williams, double-double, 30 points, 11 boards. Uh, Sunday slate, uh, SIU, Edwardsville, and Northwestern had to cancel their game. Uh, we'll start off with the first Big Ten contest of the year. That was Penn State and Michigan. This one went down to the wire. Uh, freshman Hunter Dickinson for Michigan scored 20 points, including the game-tying and game-winning buckets for the Wolverines as they escape a, a very solid Penn State team that... Um, you just didn't know what to expect out of them, especially when they fired Tom Chambers right before the season started. But the early 3-2 and two start for the Nittany Lions gives them some hope. Gives them some hope. The rest of the Big Ten took care of business. Uh, the Buckeyes had a tough one against Cleveland State, but uh, pulled out on top 67-61. to Iowa, again, just absolutely demolished Northern Illinois, 106-53. to 53. Garza had 23 points. Joe Wieskamp had 20. Michigan State 
Uh, beats Oakland, but not by as much as you would think. 109 to 91. That's way too many points for a winless Oakland. That's way too many points that they allowed against a winless Oakton. And then uh, Indiana, 87 to 52 over North Alabama, a solid one there. And then a couple injury notes before we wrap up the show this morning. Ohio State's EJ Liddell uh, missed Ohio State's game against Cleveland State due to a non-COVID illness. Uh, during the broadcast, they announced that that was mono. And uh, unfortunate for Liddell because uh, he was really, uh, he started to really play well in his sophomore season. He was the Buckeyes leading scorer and leading rebounder going into the game. Uh, Michigan's Austin Davis uh, was held out of the Penn State game with an injury to his plantar fascia. Uh, This one's a a difficult injury for Michigan because uh, Davis, their starting center, uh, he's going to be out for a while. when anytime you deal with the plantar fasciitis, man, it is a tough injury to deal with. Very tough. And you see, you know, athletes all over the place missing tons of time with this kind of injury. But luckily for Joan Howard of Michigan, Hunter Dickinson, like I said, uh, you know, the 20 points in the game tying and game winning buckets came to play. The freshman is good. He's a good freshman. Uh, and then uh, Northern Iowa canceled their game uh, against Wisconsin for Wednesday, not over the weekend. Uh, this one's for Wednesday as uh, there's some issues with COVID-19 inside the Northern Iowa program. And that'll do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Once again, I appreciate the listen and the time. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten. I'm, I'm Radio Suggestion, share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Monday, Big Ten fans. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.